and welcome to another of our short podcasts focused on the event industry. I'm Martin Blunt. Now, in this episode, we're again looking at sustainability, although this time through the lens of a venue, a very famous venue, the world-famous motor racing circuit at Silverstone. My guest is Stefan Bazir. He's head of business sustainability and partnerships at Silverstone. Stefan, thank you so much for taking the trouble to talk to me today. Thanks a lot, Martin. Pleasure. Pleasure to have that invitation. Before we start, we should mention that uh, Silverstone these days, it's not all about motorsport. There is a lot of motorsport, of course. But uh, listeners to the podcast in other areas of the event world, they really should keep listening, shouldn't they? They should definitely keep listening because it's not only about motorsport, it's all about sustainability now. And, and indeed, you do events now that are not motorsport-based. You've got, uh, have you not got a hotel and uh, a whole meeting facility? Exactly, exactly. I think, I mean, here at Silverstone now, what we're trying to do is diversify our business. We don't want to have full dependence of our major events, especially the British Grand Prix, the Formula One Grand Prix. We want to make sure that we are a business that operates 365 days uh, per year, uh, and, and not only between 8 in the morning and 6 in the afternoon, but actually 24 hours. So we've been working on that over the last few years, and as you just said, yes, we have opened last September uh, the Hilton Garden Inn Hotel, uh, which has almost uh, 200 bedrooms, nine, nine, uh, 197 exactly. Um, that changes totally in the way we operate, as I said, um, now we are 24-7 site uh, and hopefully by now having the hotel connected to our exhibition center which is the biggest exhibition center in between Birmingham and London called The Wing. We can host any kind of events related to motorsports or not and we have a very strong focus on MICE uh, events and convention events Uh, so this is what we're focusing on a lot at the moment and we also have in the pipeline another 60 residences that are being built called Escapade, uh, which will then increase even more our accommodation capacity on site. Well, I know at Silverstone, along with uh, many of our listeners, you're on a journey towards a more sustainable future. But before I get into that, I'd like to know a little bit about you and your role. Now, I know you've worked in sports events for many years. I know you have a master's degree in sustainable development and corporate responsibility. So what was your motivation to focus your career on sustainability? Well, it's all probably I mean, comes from, from the family, right? And uh, I've always been very much interested in sports. I've practiced tennis uh, since a very early age. Uh, and, and, and not only practice, but also watch sports, you know, obviously on, on, on TV. Um, but my grandfather had... Um, a fertilizer company uh, that he was supplying uh, his product, uh, organic product actually, uh, to uh, lots of uh, big parks and gardens and golf course uh, in the northwest of France. And I had the chance to work with him uh, during my you know, teenage time, uh, during my summer holidays, but also just before uh, starting my professional career. And, and I think sustainability has always been something that I've you know, taken very seriously. I don't think that I've ever dropped uh, a piece of paper or a chewing gum on the floor. Uh, always looking, you know, for uh, the nearest bin uh, to make sure that it was, uh, you know, segregated uh, properly. So uh, this is something that I've had in me. I mean forever uh, but it's true that my interest in sport uh, has been dominating and over the last 25 plus years now I've been involved in uh, sports marketing and even management 
uh, but it's really over the last 10 years after an experience in in Brazil um, after the Confederations Cup, the FIFA Confederations Cup uh, where I work for a temporary structure company um, looking at those big overlay projects around those big stadiums hosting major events like the World Cup uh, that I decided to focus on sustainability and that's why I did the master degree and then ended up specializing into sustainability in, in sports and helping um, companies, organizations, sponsors uh, to their sustainability transformation and this is how I ended up collaborating with the circuit of Barcelona Catalonia and um, since then ended up in contact with uh, Stuart Pringle, the managing director at Silverstone and when he told me a bit more than two years ago that he wanted to put the focus on sustainability at Silverstone and he wanted to have someone leading um, that transformation, I've accepted the job. When I said to a few friends that I was about to talk to Silverstone Motor Racing Circuit about sustainability, they sort of laughed and said, are you sure? Motor racing is not the first place you'd think of for sustainability. So when and why did the business start to focus in this area? Yeah, I think what is very important is to understand that, yes, we are a racetrack, uh, but we are a venue before anything. Okay, so uh, the mission that Silverstone has, Silverstone Circuits Limited, as an organization, is to make sure that we handle, we manage that venue in the most sustainable way. So we're not here, I mean, to really change directly uh, on the type of event being hosted by Silverstone. Uh, we want to make sure that an event that wants to be managed in a sustainable way can be organized at Silverstone. So I think it's very important I mean, to understand that. So uh, obviously we are the guardian of motorsports in the UK. Uh, we've been hosting Formula One uh, for almost 75 years, I think. Um, and, and we are and we will be still very much motor racing focus. Uh, but we want to make sure that we can host any kind of other event. That's why I've talked earlier on that diversification of our business. And if we want to attract MICE business, corporate events, we need to make sure that sustainability is part of the journey um, because we've realized over the last few years when some companies were looking for uh, potentially using our venue, they were asking us, oh, do you have uh, EV chargers on site? Uh, do you have, are you powered by 100% renewable energy? Do you have solar panels? And when we were not able to answer those questions in a positive way, actually there was even organizers were saying, well, sorry, then we won't consider your venue as a potential host. So we've realized that sustainability um, is not only a trend that you have to follow, it is actually an opportunity to grow your business. You've been there a little while now, a year or so. Have there been any quick wins? Anything you've achieved to date? Yes, I mean, definitely. It's been two years now. And it's been a very active uh, two years. And, and it's amazing when you look at the progress over the last two years, everything that we've achieved. So we can now tick the box that, yes, we are powered by 100% renewable energy uh, since uh, last April. Uh, so that, that's, you know, one tick. Yes, we have now solar panel on top of that big exhibition center called the wing that I mentioned earlier, um, which generates 13% of our overall um, annual consumption of electricity. We now have 24 EV chargers on site, 
uh, with a new technology called 3TI, uh, which is fantastic, that uh, mix uh, solar panels, grid connection and battery storage. Um, and hopefully we'll have another 12 uh, units of those EV chargers um, you know, before the end of the year. So from an energy point of view, uh, we have that uh, under control, I would say. This is very visible. That makes a huge difference because if you do have 13% of your annual uh, electricity consumption now being self-generated, this is 13% of our total carbon footprint, which then I mean switch to zero. I was talking at the, the festival, the Silverstone Festival that was held recently. There was an, a, a part of the festival called Switch Live and some of the uh, the 3TI guys were there. I think I met them because they had this this sort of parking zone with with roof panels and it, they were just taking kind of energy out of the sky and putting it in cars. It seems like just such an obvious thing to do, but uh, it was very impressive. Yeah, it is, it is very interesting and this is how you said something quite obvious. Um, 3TI is specialised in covering car park with solar panels and, and that little unit that you've seen um, is, is, is a good mix um, for maybe not such a big car park but for small organisations uh, like an office, uh, like a factory, um, like a hospital or any other uh, public centre that may need uh, those EV chargers and, and, and having that electricity coming from the sky, as you said, um, is, is a great help. I think the UK uh, should definitely consider uh, getting more and more of those uh, PV installed. Uh, you may sometimes consider that, well, I mean, the UK is not such a sunny place. Uh, is it a good place actually for solar? It is, it is. You'll be surprised um, how much electricity you can generate uh, in the UK. Now, that's the first couple of years and I guess the solar panel, that's a, a fairly, as we say, a quick win. What about the future? What's on your to-do list? Yeah, obviously, when, when, when you start I mean, that sustainability journey, you need to make sure that uh, you've got a full commitment from um, your executive team, which is the case. Um, the BRDC, which is the British Racing Drivers Club, the owner of Silverstone Circuit, is fully on board. Um, and, and commitment, it's, it's, it's key. Uh, obviously, now we need to start expanding uh, that commitment, start expanding the engagement with all the different stakeholders of the circuit. Um, so when you have those very visible initiatives, that proves that that promise that you've made to shift to zero is actually real. Um, it, it helps a lot convincing potential uh, people that have some kind of doubt to realize that this is really happening at Silverstone. So. That was key, I mean, to have all those very visible quick wins to start with. So now when you start thinking about carbon footprint, uh, we all know that the biggest footprint is what we call scope three, which is the, the carbon emissions related to your supply chain. And this is actually at Silverstone, more than 90% of our carbon footprint, it's all supply chain related. And at Silverstone, because of where we are, um, fan travel is probably, I mean, the biggest footprint that we have. So we need to start thinking about how do we tackle those, those emissions by encouraging people to come by public transport, sharing cars, uh, which obviously it's not easy. We are where we are, a little bit in the middle of nowhere. Uh, we don't have a tube station or a train station nearby, but that's something that we need to work on. And we need to make sure that all our different contractors, suppliers, partners start bringing solutions um, that reduces 
I wanted to say little by little, but actually we need to do that I mean, as fast as we can, uh, reduce our, our, our scope 3 emissions by offering more sustainable solutions. So this is the big, big challenge now, working with all our stakeholders to make sure that sustainability is fully embedded in all our procurement procedures um, in order to make sure that everybody offers sustainable solutions to Silverstone and to all the event and motorsports industry to cut down our emissions and run towards zero as soon as we can. I wonder if we can pick on your experience because uh, for those in the industry, be they the suppliers or the agencies or even the end clients, and you know, you're talking about your own supplier base there, you'll be going to them and saying, as you've just said, we need you to be more sustainable. Maybe as you're encouraging others to change their organisation, what, what are the watchouts and the advice you would give leaders wanting to make that change? Uh, well, I think, I mean, the first thing to do is educate. Uh, I always uh, insist on that. Uh, you obviously need to tell people what you're trying to achieve and, and trying to give them the tools, the support, you know, for them to understand how they can also support you. It will benefit us all. So um, all the leaders of different organizations or any organizations, especially involved in the sports and event entertainment industry where we are in, it's very key to make sure that we end up having a big commitment from all the different stakeholders, but they need to know what is at stake. Um, we do know that climate change is a reality. Uh, we know that some events are being very much affected uh, by climate change. So how can we find all together a solution to make sure that we will keep organizing events, not in five years, but in 20, in 50, in 70 years, making sure that our organizations are more and more resilient and all our different suppliers provide the right solutions to make sure that we have a sustainable future. So uh, education is key and obviously providing, as I said, the tools, the support to make sure that we all get into that sustainability journey, uh, being all knowledgeable, sharing your good practices. Uh, don't keep um, you know, the, a solution for you. Share it because we will all benefit from it. I think that's why I'm doing the podcast. Let's share the share the knowledge. In fact, the education thing is, as I'm doing these different podcasts with different parts of uh, of our industry, uh, the education thing is uh, is being hammered home. Uh, everybody has to to learn the hows and the whys and share best practice. Yeah, totally, totally. I think the other point that we need to uh, to to make sure that um, we take into account when we talk about sustainability. Obviously, we've talked about the environment, uh, we've talked about um, easy, quick wins, uh, which, you know, is not always easy because you need to probably invest now in those technology. Uh, but at mid-term, long-term, uh, we'll end up uh, having a great return on investment. Uh, we've talked about that education, we've talked about the engagement with your stakeholders uh, to make sure that we find solutions to cut down our carbon emissions. But it's also very important to talk about the community. When, when you think about sustainability, sustainability is also people. Um, and, and that's something that you know, we should all consider because it's a great way, sustainability, to first retain talent. Um, if you say, I'm Silverstone, I'm the home of British uh, motorsports, and I, and I would like me to get into that sustainability journey, it's much easier than to convince people, especially young people, to get on board. If those you know, future talent, current talent, see that your commitment is real, and it will be much easier for you to retain that talent, to get that talent committed and, and, and do the best they can to improve 
everything that we're trying to do at Silverstone. So retaining talent is, is key, communicating um, with all your stakeholders, as I said, but also explaining to your neighbors that what we're trying to achieve will potentially benefit the whole community around. Um, so we, we try to have a place for charities, uh, for them to use us as a platform. Uh, we try to have, for example, food um, surplus collection at Silverstone at every event. Uh, I think of uh, uh, the festival, we had a bit more than one ton of food collected, but we had more than seven tons of food collected around MotoGP and 11 tons of food uh, collected uh, around the, the British Grand Prix, which is then donated to Tofood, which is a community larder in Toaster, uh, very close by which needs uh, uh, four tons of food every month, every week, sorry, four tons of food every week to give uh, to the 600 people that almost leave uh, out of um, those, those community larder food bank. That, that's a great scheme. I, I actually noticed that your master's degree includes social responsibility. So just listening to you there, do you believe that perhaps some of these other drivers should be included as we move to change our organizations are they all sort of really intertwined yes totally i mean uh, it's 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 always uh, very important when you talk about sustainability uh, or when you talk about you know the famous esg to understand we talk here about environmental social you know and and governance issues and um, so it has to be totally intertwined you you cannot just focus on one and not on the other so I would say, I mean, going back to the question that you asked me earlier, uh, what would be uh, the future for us, or where we're going to start focusing even more? And I think it's the social impact um, that we have at Silverstone. This is really something that we need to concentrate on. Many uh, people listening today may be looking for a venue and thinking, well, Silverstone could be the place we want to hold a sustainable event. Would you be up to talking to them personally or going to get involved in some of the, the various people that would want to use Silverstone, would you be up for working with them on a almost a one-on-one -on -one basis to advise? Because a lot of people are on the first step of this uh, this journey. Would you talk to them? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, we we are part of a different organization, the AEV, which is the Association of uh, Event Organizer, and we 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 also part of Basis, which is the British Association of Sustainability in Sports. And um, we've um, recently passed the audit of the FIA three-star environmental accreditation. Um, and we had, for example, the Suzuka uh, Grand Prix uh, people on site during the British Grand Prix. And they start picking up our brain uh, to, to, to understand better what is the process to get the three-star certification. And, and we're more than happy I mean, to do that. Um, because obviously the certification process sometimes are a little bit complicated or time-consuming and, and we're more than happy to share with any organization looking at getting one of those certifications. We're now looking also um, at getting the ISO either 1401 or 2121 in order to confirm that what we're doing in terms of sustainability management of our venue is viable, is real and then certificable. I don't know if you can say that in English, um, but, but you understand I mean the meaning. So um, we, we, we do want to have the certification that certify the good management of the venue that we have. And we're more than happy to obviously share those learnings um, with, with, with any other organization. And obviously any even organizer who wants to come to Silverstone and understand better what we do, well, you know, I'm more than happy, obviously, to talk to them and explain them in details uh, how we could host 
uh, sustainability events I mean for them I, I think a few of your suppliers may uh, be also interested in that uh, that open hand that you're uh, you're offering because uh, I'm sure there are a few suppliers who would hear the message and go well we just don't know where to start we're a small organization but we've been doing it for years so uh, I think your point on share the knowledge is 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 really important again I mean this is part of, of what I was saying earlier and um, I think if we end up because of the way we want to manage the venue uh, we end up convincing suppliers to adopt uh, sustainability good practice and offer new innovative you know, solutions where sustainability is totally embedded, it will not only benefit us, but it will benefit obviously the whole industry, open the door to maybe working with other circuits, other venues. And, and yeah, again, you know, that, that, that would be just, um, you know, when you create like that, this, this big snowball that little by little, I mean, gets bigger and bigger. Um, and, and we'd be more than happy if, if everything can be somehow initiated at Silverstone and share with the rest of that sector. So Silverstone becomes the hub, the uh, the sustainability hub. Who would have believed that 10 years ago? Well, it's good to hear. So if people are listening and um, they're intrigued about the hotel, uh, maybe they're intrigued about your exhibition space, uh, possibly they're also involved in motorsport, where can people reach you and the rest of the team? What's the easiest way to get a message to you? Well, it's very easy to, uh, to contact us at zero, zero, the letters, you know, Z-E-R-O, at silverstone.co.uk uh, and um, so yeah um, reach 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 out to us we're more than happy um, you know to get in contact to share as i said earlier everything that we've learned uh, again you know we are not i'm not saying that we have all the keys we're still learning uh, we've been into sustainability only over the last two years so two years out of 75 years and um, it's still very little so we are still at the start of the journey but we're trying our best i'm sure that we could do things better quicker and uh, but here we are uh, and hopefully we're going to keep pushing and obviously having f1 looking at becoming net zero by 2030 it's a great um, incentive for us to, to, to do our best and to demonstrate that we can achieve it. But again, it's not only about F1, it's about 365 days uh, of usage of our venue and making sure that we can host any kind of events at Silverstone in the most sustainable way. Well, I'm hoping that as it's Silverstone, you will go faster than uh, anybody else doing this. My guest today has been Stefan Bazir, Head of Business Sustainability and Partnership at Silverstone. Stefan, thank you so much for your enthusiasm, your passion and your time today. My pleasure, Martin. Anytime. Thanks a lot. You'll find other podcasts focused on the event industry linked to this one. We're adding to the library all the time. So please pop back and see us soon. I'm Martin Blunt. Thank you for listening. <laughs>